what I was planning to do at the beginning of this sermon is kind of just give you a recap of the last five years of Real Life Church, but the video did it way better than I could. That was, who did that video? Because that was awesome. Who was responsible? Ben and Charlotte. Well, they're not here, but they was fantastic. That was uh, brilliant, and that really summed up some of the amazing things. The sad thing is for me, I've been here five years, and I've forgotten some of that stuff. You know, you see it and you think, oh yeah, we did that. I remember that moment. That was brilliant. God has been gracious to us as a people, which is what we're here um, to celebrate, particularly today. Now, for those of you here last week, if you remembered, we began off uh, 2015, uh, 2016 sorry, with a look back at 2015. I did a recap of kind of what happened over the year, just a reminder of things. These are the things God's done. We looked at what we'd set ourselves as a year of kind of these are the things in faith we believe God wants to do with us and things we want to try and achieve and, and things we want to see in the community, etc., etc. And we reviewed them. And the conclusion I think we came to was God has been good to us. And uh, many of the things we set out to do, we did. God has been gracious. We'd seen people become Christians. We'd seen people baptized. We'd done a whole bunch of events, blessing the community. We'd been away together as a church and had a fantastic time. There were so many good things. And so that was kind of a reflection on last year. And that then dovetails with this. This year, I want to look forward to 2016 and thinking, what do we want to try and achieve here? What do we want to do there? What I also shared, this is a reminder, because I make a habit of doing it at the beginning of every term, because human minds are full of stuff that's going on, and we often forget things. I reminded us of what God had called us to as a church, what we're about, and also where we were going as a church. And just to do a little, I'll do a very brief recap. If you missed it, please catch the download. Um, at what we're about as a church, our purpose is that we believe real life is having a relationship with Jesus, following the model of Jesus, and changing our world with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Number one, it's about having a relationship with him, our own personal encounter with Jesus, where we then walk with him for the rest of our lives. That means repenting of our sins, turning away from our old life, choosing to put our faith and trust in him as the only way to salvation, the only way to heaven, and we have a relationship with Jesus. We are transformed, born again, the Bible says, and that is our new way of life. And as a result of that, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit working in us, we follow his example, we follow his model, we choose to, to live like Jesus as much as we can. And that then in turn affects the world around us, whatever our world is, our home, our neighbors, our school, our social settings, everything. That affects it, and that is what we're about as a church. So that's, where, that's our kind of unchanging purpose. The next thing we talked about last week was where we were going as a church, what God has called us to. And um, that was three things we would felt God had said as we'd planted the church, and that was to be a large, influential, reproducing church. It's actually written on the side of the cakes. That's why those words are there. Um, and we felt God called us to grow numerically. The video just highlighted that, even if you look around. Our first meeting, I could guarantee eight adults and one child in it. That was what I knew was going to be there. But now look what God has done. And we believe, reading the scriptures, reading what the Bible said, God wants a people for himself and he wants it to grow. He wants it to grow from just a small beginning. We go back to Genesis, Abraham is one man and his wife and no kids. And God says, I'm going to create a mighty nation out of you. We go to the end of the story, Revelation, it says there is a, um, a multitude before the throne of God worshipping Jesus. And it says that, that number cannot be, that, that group cannot be numbered. There's too many of them. And they're from every tribe, every taste, nation, every people group. The entire planet Earth is represented there. So we believe God has called us to grow 
numerically as a church. He has called us to be influential. We want to be salt and light. Jesus used those images. Light shines. You cannot help but shine, and it makes a difference to wherever it is. It's also salt, brings out flavor, stops decay. It has an effect when you put it on food. So we want to be like salt and light, like Jesus said. We also want to be good to our community. Very important, we want to be an influential people wherever we find ourselves, whether you're just an individual in your workplace or in your home, or whether we're a corporate body doing something together, putting on some of those events that you saw on the video. That's where we want to be influential, we want to bring good, and we want to bring blessing to the people of this town, the people of this city, people of the nations, all for Jesus' glory. And the last one is to be reproducing. We want to see people saved, people come to know Jesus for themselves, saved from their sins, be born again, but we also want to reproduce as a church and grow and multiply and plant churches in other nations, other towns, wherever God calls us to. We haven't got a particular agenda at this point. We just know that's what God's called us to. And the particular image that God spoke to us many times when we planted the church was the image of the strawberry plant, which is why there are strawberries all over that cake. The image of the strawberry plant that grows and multiplies. It sends out a runner from one plant. The, the runner goes into the ground and a new plant is formed that then become, bears fruit and becomes a plant in its own right. And that's what God has called us to, to reproduce as a church. So that's a brief recap from last week. If you missed it, please go and catch the download. But now I just want to talk quickly about what we're going to do this year, and then we'll get the kids back in, and we will um, celebrate together. Now, we decided, we felt God um, called us to write, to write a to-do list for this year, and so we have our big to-do list for 2016. And we, we got together as leaders, and we were praying, and we kind of, we had ideas, what we think God's calling to, and we had loads of stuff, and then we tried to distill it down, which is what you've got in front of you here. So if you flip it over, so you've got the to-do list. This is you take away, stick it on the fridge, use it something to pray into. It's got tick boxes that you can tick stuff off when we've done it. I don't know if you're a to-do list person. I've got one on my computer task manager to help me, and it links to the phone. It just, I put things down I need to do, and it's great when you can do it, and you can tick it off and think, job done. So this is what we're putting for God this year and saying, God, do this. Number one. Celebrate our fifth birthday. It's always good to hit the ground running, isn't it? So we can t- if you've got a pen, tick that one off, because we're going to do that today. We're going to do that. We're kind of doing it now. So we haven't finished, but we're doing it. So you can tick that. as well. We want to celebrate our fifth birthday. January 2011, I think it was the 12th, the team, the kind of the team that said they were going to come and plant the church. There were 10 adults and two children at that one point. Mantfield had moved up with Delta. That's why they weren't at our first meeting. But they were saying they'll come. So 10 of us met, and we had what we called a blue sky day, where we just said, what do we want real life church to look like? And we put all this stuff down, and we prayed, and we worshiped, and we put it for God. And then a couple of weeks later, at the end of January, we had our first public meeting in the little hall you saw there, which was frankly terrifying. But we did it. God was gracious. We've grown, met in three separate venues now. We've grown the memory, we've seen people saved, added, we're going to hear lots of stories later. And so, but we wanted to mark this as a, a way of saying, God, what you'd said and what you'd promised had come to pass. And today we're going to celebrate. So when we come up at the end and we sing, please give yourself to celebrating and thanking God for all we've done. Even if you're new here and you think, well, I wasn't here at the beginning, it doesn't matter. The fact that you're here is an answer to prayer and something that God has done, even if it's your first time with us this morning. You're all part of our story and it's brilliant to have you. Number two, host some courses. What we want to do 
This year, first thing, we want to finish Freedom in Christ. We ran the first half last term. We took a break for Christmas. Next week, we're going straight back into the back end of Freedom in Christ. We're going to go through it. Um, I think there's six weeks left. We're going to run through that. We've got the, the Steps to Freedom evenings, which we're going to run on two consecutive evenings, one for the guys, one for the girls. You'll have had the dates. They're on the email. Make a priority. Come to them. They're going to be excellent. God has already been doing things in people's lives. I've, I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've already had things come up, but forgiveness I've had to work through because God reminded me of stuff, some things in my own life. I'm looking forward to the Steps of Freedom evening where we get to really do some business with God and, and work through some stuff. So we've got that. That's excited. I hope you're in faith. If you've joined us now and think, well, I've missed it, don't worry. All the sermons are on the web. There's only like seven of them. Listen through them. Get yourself up to date. It will be brilliant. We have an Alpha course We've run out for a number of times, seen God do some great things. We've got a new course starting in February. Melanie here is going to be leading that. We've got a couple of people signed up for that. If you know friends who want to come on Alpha Course, talk to Melanie, and we'd love to just connect them in, give them an opportunity to get to know Jesus from themselves. We've also run, in smaller contexts, a couple of the marriage courses with some couples, which has been brilliant. We've seen some fruit there, so that's good. And we're also wondering, we're wondering about a parenting course. So we've got lots planned to help us grow in our walks um, with Jesus planned. The next one, baptize some followers. We have three people lined up who want to get baptized, which is awesome. That's worth a whoop. Come on. We've got three people who want to say, when you become a Christian, Jesus said, you know, he modeled it. He got baptized by John the Baptist. And when he said to his, his um, disciples, he says, you go out into all the world, tell them the good news, and then do what? Baptize my followers in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we think it's vital as a believer, as a Christian, that you are baptized as a public declaration of your faith. It's a picture of dying to your old life as you go in the water, then waking up to new life in Christ. And so we love that. It's a great time of celebration. So we'll let you know we've now down the day. We will be baptizing three more people, which is very, very exciting. Next one. We want to collect some God stories. We've been... Um, We've been stunned just reflecting over five years how much God has done in people's lives and how many stories. But what we wanted to do is find a way of collecting them and putting them out there so we can all benefit from them. I don't know about you, but when I hear stories of what God's done in someone's life, I'm encouraged, even though it wasn't me, it was someone else. And so we want to find a way of collecting some of these stories and communicating them so that we're all built up and encouraged. I mean, I hear them in life group when I go to life group and, and people say a thumbs up. Sometimes here on a Sunday we people come up and stand. But I know in a group like this there is so much more going on. So you want to find ways of just collecting testimonies and communicating to, to you so that you're encouraged and built up. And plus so God gets the glory because that's what it's all about. And we don't want to deny him that. So we want to say if something great's happened, you pray for someone they've got well, God's answer prayer. We want to hear about it so we can communicate it and God gets the glory. Next one, make a big noise at Easter. What we did um, last year, our single biggest sort of churchy, I think, event was Messy Easter last year. We broke, I don't know if I can say this, we broke every fire regulation and healthy safety because so many, so many people turned up. We had, hun- we had 112 children in here, in here, and about 90 plus adults. Yeah, that's what it felt like. But where we basically did our free craft event and said, just come, and it's all free, and where you get to make craft based around the story that Jesus is alive, and we had a fantastic time, so we want to do that again this Easter, so we'll do that. We want to do the Easter egg hunt. We did that last year, done it last year's in Sutton Park. 
We go out there, and we did, last time we did some craft out there, some outdoor craft, and we hunted for the Easter eggs, and we had another fantastic time. So you want to do that at Easter. We also want Easter Sunday. We want to have a celebration where basically we invite people and just let them know he is alive. There's more to this story. It doesn't end at Easter. In some ways, Easter's the beginning. Jesus is alive, and he's ruling and reigning now. We want to communicate that to everyone. So we want to make a big noise at Easter. We want to be good to our community. This is part of our kind of influential thing. We, I don't know if you realize, over the years we have done so much where we've tried to just be good to our community and we want that to continue. Over the last kind of five years we've been uh, serving a few food bank for a number of years now, collecting food, just giving it to the, um, the food bank to bless those families who really don't have anything. They literally haven't got food on their table. So we've been doing that. The Bridge Project, which is based out of Oasis Church down in the middle of town, which helps those who are recovering from alcohol drug addiction, help them kind of to kind of get them back into connecting society. We've given them money over the last couple of years. This year, because of God had been so gracious to us, we managed to give them five hundred pounds, which covered their entire Christmas kind of day celebrations. Presents for the residents, uh, food, everything. So we managed to do that, which has been awesome. Um, we took the offering for Christmas for St. Basil's where we asked you to bring in things for their starter packs. I spoke to Jonathan, who works with St. Baz, and he said they were overwhelmed with kind of the response. They managed to make up a boatload of starter packs for young people kind of who've been homeless and trying to get them connected and, and get them set up in a place. So we gave them kind of crockery and utensils and duvet, you know, bed linen, all those kind of things. So that's been fantastic. We, um, I remember last couple of months ago, there was, a, there was an article in the local paper saying that the library is kind of short on books. So we just sent a text out, if you want to buy some kids' books, we've got loads of kids here, just donate one book, we'll take them to the library and just say, we love you from Real Life Church, we love what you're doing, here's a bunch of books. Uh, we did that, we took them, they were absolutely blown away that this kind of little article in the paper you know, the local rag, and we'd responded, and we took a pile of books and said, there you go, just put them in the library so kids can read them and enjoy them, and they were absolutely thrilled with that. Uh, we took an offering based around the refugee crisis back, I think it was in November. Um, I, I was stunned at the response. We raised over 3,000 pounds, which we then sent to a church in Turkey that Andy Martin is overseeing us as a church, uh, working on the ground with refugees, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people displaced by war and all sorts of things. And so we gave it to them, and I know the church were overwhelmed by that, so we got to um, bless them. We even had um, a school, local school, um, ask for raffle donations for the raffles, so we sent a bunch in uh, with our note on it saying, with love from Real Life Church, we put together a nice package that just said, bless you, put that in your raffle, someone can win that and it had our name on it. What we want to do this year is we want to carry on collecting uh, for the food bank. A note goes out in the email of what, um, what you can buy and just put one extra thing in your shopping each week. We collect it here. Jax takes it down to the food bank. We want to keep doing that. We have um, the Boldmere Music Festival, which is happening on June the 18th. We want to unleash our musicians on the town to kind of just make a, a joyful noise to the Lord and they will just um, be part of that and we'll just celebrate there and bless the music festival. We're going to do that. We have Knit Night which runs uh, the third Thursday of every month in the Delhi in the High Street in Boldmere. The Fliss runs. It's just a kind of thing that people can come along and enjoy knitting, crochet and just it's just good for the community and people do. We also want to get involved with the Sutton Games. Put this date down. 9th and 10th of July 2016, the Sutton Games, out of the Commonwealth Games, which happened when? 20, a couple of years ago. This community initiative started where they wanted to run local games, where they wanted to encourage people to get fit, get active. Some guys in Sutton took that on and said, we want to do a Sutton Games. 
And what they happen, just over in the leisure centre there, the last few years, they basically invite all the local community sports teams, activity clubs, and says, you can put up a free stall, advertise what you do, run some free events, and we'll invite the town to just come along and have a look. Play some music, there's an ice cream van there. There's all these kind of events to get people active and out. The Sutton Colfer one is the single largest in the country. Over two days, I said 5,000 people, there's more, isn't there? There's loads more people, who, over 5,000 people come through it. It's all free. They come and they just sign up for clubs and there's free activities for the kids and all that sort of stuff. And there's a tug of war which we entered, which we came second, didn't we, one year? I think the first year we entered, with that picture out there, the tug of war picture, that was us coming second. The following year, we didn't do so well. But, but, <laughs> but that, that year, we came second that year. And then after that, we stopped trying because we didn't want to just annihilate everyone. But we did that. But this year, Mel had a meeting with the organizer and said, can we do something? They said, we'd love you to. So we're going to have some, um, a stall there and we're going to just showcase some of our kids' work and just run some games, activities for the kids. Do it. Our musicians are going to play. We're just going to be involved and just say, here we are. We want to bless you. It'll be free. It'll be part of it. So we're really looking forward to that in the summer, just being good to our community. Next thing, um, train some new life group leaders. Life groups are vital to the way this church runs. We have a big meeting here on a Sunday, which is growing, which is excellent, where we worship together and we hear the Bible preach, and that's brilliant. But we also have small midweek meetings where you get to get connected, and they're vital. And what our anticipation, our expect, expectation is that everyone's connected to a life group because that means someone's looking after you, someone's being caring for you. If you're not... The reality is you're not being careful as best you can. We want you in there, connected. We appreciate you can't go every week, babysitting, shift work, life. But actually being connected to a smaller community. Every week in the meetings we eat together, we talk together, and we pray together. That's our format. That's what we do. And we want you to do that. We currently have five. They meet Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evening. Some of them are getting big. We need to train some more leaders, multiply them, have room for people coming in. Um, and so we need to, to multiply that out. So we're going to continue to do that to make sure we've got room to care for everyone who comes part of us. So we're going to multiply, train new leaders, multiply our life groups this year. Host some men and women's events. Um, in terms of the women events, we've done a few. We haven't quite got a handle on it. Mel is meeting with some ladies this term to try and kind of put together a program of how that's going to go. But we want to do some on what that's going to look like. The men seem to be trucking along. We're doing sort of one a term. You saw some of the images on the video. We've done Man versus Fire last um, term where we, we basically burned food and ate it. It was brilliant. We've climbed mountains together. We went to Jimmy Spice's as a, as a group together and had a wonderful time there just in um, hanging out, which is brilliant. And we will be doing more of that. Watch this space for more information. We want to record some of our songs. I don't know if you realize this, but some of the songs we sing on Sunday are written by our people. In fact, quite a few of them are. And they're really, really good. And they're, really, and they're having effect. And when we started the church and we had some people come and, and pray and, and minister to us, God spoke to us quite clearly that the, the worship side of it, in terms of the singing, our corporate worship, would be a really big part of what we did. It would, be, it would shape us and it would, be, it would be an attractive thing that people come to and it would be an important part of us as, as a church. And out of that would come songs. And the musicians went away just at the end of last term and they had a kind of a, a songwriting time. They wrote a new song for us which we sang, which is excellent. But what we wanted to do, the next step is we wanted to, to, to record those songs. Reason being in response to what God has said, but also that we can distribute. Because we've had people start coming to us and saying, we like these songs, 
we want to play them at home, put them on our, our, our phone, put them in the car, and we can't do that unless we've got them recorded. We've got kids going home singing them, and parents saying, well, we want to play them so they can learn them and they can sing the truth that's happening in our songs. So as a church, we're going to lay down some tunes and do that. I'm not going to be involved in that at all whatsoever. Just so you know, they will not let me near. I said I'd do backing vocals, I'd do the rap section. They were not interested. But we're going to do that, and so we're going to have our songs that you can get to kind of listen to, and uh, we'll see what God does with that. But we want to do that. Next one, ask God what's next for our venue. We started meeting here really by accident because we were basically kicked out of our previous venue with very short notice, and we were like, we need a venue now. We'll take anywhere. We found ourselves here, um, and uh, we've been here probably over two years now. But as you've noticed, we're growing. When we started, we had like about three lines of chairs this way facing that way, and this whole back bit here was for the kids to go berserk, you know, and run, ah, because they were a lot smaller at that time. We've grown and multiplied. Our main pressure point, we've got the car park, which we're trying to work out, getting all the cars in, is actually our children. We've only got two rooms out there that we split. We've got preschool and the kind of the school-aged kids, and, and they're both getting big. We've got no out kind of extra room. We have to send the youth kind of round there, sort of out the back with a sofa. The kind of the really babies have to be out in our foyer, which is far from ideal. And we're getting to a point where actually we're getting big. There's things we can do as adults. We can turn the seats around. We can put people on the stage. But actually the pressure is with our children and our children's worker. And what we need to do as a church is be praying and saying, God, what's next? Help us. Is th- he might open up something here that we don't know about. Give us a bit more space. There's the, the building above us. We thought we'd be able to hire um, to, to take some of our older kids up there to alleviate our space. That's been now been taken over by a charity who use it on a Sunday morning. How really inconvenient, God bless them. You know. So we, we don't know what's next, but what we want to do, rather than panic, is we want to start praying and saying, God, lead us. We don't want to make a panic decision. It's not desperate, but we want to be praying, which will be in our prayer meetings, but I'd love you to be praying in your own time. God, what's next for us? Where do we go from here? Is, it, is there something in this place? Is there something more? It's big decisions, but we need God to speak. Human wisdom can do stuff, and we could probably come up with some good ideas, but I'm not prepared to rest on that. I want God speaking, and I'd love us to be a people praying to that. So we're going to be doing that in our prayer meetings, but I'd love you just to take that seriously in your own time, be praying, hearing God. If you feel God says anything, come, let us know. We'll weigh it. Next one, appoint elders as a church. The biblical model for church leadership, as laid out in the Two Testament, is a team of elders. If you read through the book of Acts, that's what you see. The apostles pointed elders to govern a local church. We don't have them. It's part of our process. It's what we want to do. It's one of the reasons I've asked Andy Martin to come and help us. He came and preached last time and said, God, help us with this process because our elders are appointed by an outside authority. It's not something you just do for yourself. The church is involved, but actually we need an outside authority to help us with that. The biblical model is uh, elders are a team of qualified men. Men who are called by God to lead and govern the church, much like fathers and husbands lead their family. They don't do everything, but they bear the final responsibility. And it says actually the elders before God bear the responsibility of the church and will have to give an account to God for the church. That's what they're to do. And so as part of this process over this year, 
We want with Andy, and I mean, we're just going to try to work out what that looks like. We'll be communicating with you along the way, and we've got something to say, but that's what we want to do, and our aim is hopefully to appoint some elders who will basically take responsibility for the church um, and help lead us forward. They don't do everything, but they're the ones who will carry the can for it. Okay, next one. Run the fun run for the Jericho Foundation. We run the fun run for the last three years. It's the biggest community event in Sutton Colford, although now with the Sutton Games, maybe... They'll be vying for each other. But you have 7,000 runners, as many people watch it. Uh, we've raised money for a bunch of people. This year, we want to raise money for the Jericho Foundation, which is a local social enterprise initiative run by Christians um, in the city, in the town that run. Um, they basically they, they help people get into work, people who uh, and, and break down barriers to work, maybe people with language skills or education skills or dropped out of school, all these things, and they help people get into work. And they run a construction project, they've got a printing project, they've got a gardening project, a catering project, they do training. If you go to the recycling centre in town, you have to drive past the reusers centres. Anyone seen the reusers or used the reusers in town? That's run by the Jericho Foundation. Okay, and they help people get into work. So what we want to do is we want to do the fun run and we want to raise some money for that, okay? People have already thrown around ideas of us running around wearing hard hats and, you know, vests and, and tool belts and stuff like that, and, and, and with wheelbarrows. It's all the people who don't want to run who have the ideas of what the runners should do. I just want to just say that. Everyone, all, these, all these guys go, I've got an idea of what you should do, and thinking, are you going to run? Oh, no, no, I've got an idea for you, but... We want to do that. We want to raise some money. It'd be great to raise about £1,500. We did 1300 last year. It'd be nice to do £1,500 just to bless the Jericho Project and all they do. Helen Worrell, who comes to church, works the project. Um, so we have a connection with it there. The registration for the fun run, I believe, opens at the end of this month, which is brilliant. It's in time for Valentine's Day. Just putting that out there. If you want to bless your nearest and dearest with one of those kind of gifts that keep giving... Say, I've registered you for the fun run. I love you. This will be good. And then you could give that that over Valentine's. That would be wonderful. Um, and then so if you want a team, I will be doing it. I need a team to run with me to look stupid. Okay, that's that. Next one. Uh, the Catalyst Festival and New Day camping. A highlight of last year for me in the church calendar was the Catalyst Festival. We took away about 90 of us. We camped. Um, along with about 3,500 other believers in the showground near Coventry. And we had a great weekend together. It was over the bank holiday weekend at the end of May. Um, the weather was beautiful. We ate together. There was teaching and worship and seminars and things for the kids. And we just hung out in the afternoon in the beautiful sunshine. We're going again. So far, there are 28 kinos, which includes my family, who are booked in to camp or come for the day which is brilliant. The next price break is at the end of February. So if you're thinking about getting involved, you know, you can um, book in before the end of February, save yourself a bit of money. We also, New Day is the um, youth event that happens in August. We sent a bunch of teenagers last year for the first time and some of our adults went with them to look after them and some of the guys in the church who actually serve the New Day. Pete at the back, you're on the management team now, aren't you, Pete? You are listening. You are so focused with what I was saying. You're hanging on every word. I listened to Stuart intently. Pete is now on the management team at New Day, and he really concentrates when he does that job, don't you? So he's on, that's a senior. That runs an event for like 7,000 teenagers, 
7,000 teenagers and Pete's on that team. So he goes and serves, but also we take our teenagers and some of our youth work to go there. So we'll be sending another group there. If you've got teenagers, this is something to hopefully look at dates. Can it work around family holidays? Get your kids there. It changes their lives. Um, so we want to do that again. And lastly, isn't it, is it a bit early to be talking about this? <laughs> Merry Christmas. How many days till Christmas? 340-ish, 45 Sleeps till Christmas, but we want to have a Merry Christmas next year. This year was brilliant. We went out on the streets twice at the Boldmere Light Turn On and in the Grace Church Centre in town. We ran Messy Christmas here, which was brilliant. We were totally stunned because it basically, we asked people to book in so we could manage numbers. We didn't have the health and safety issues this time. The whole thing sold out. It was free, but it sold out in like two weeks after one Facebook post. That was it. We didn't do any other advertising. It's just word of mouth. It's sold out. We kind of want to do that again this year. Our carol service was absolutely awesome. Who was at the carol service? It was brilliant in here. We had the band on the stage. We had lights. We had a snow machine, which I actually knew nothing about. And then it just turns on. You're like, wow, snow indoors. So we had a fantastic time there. Mel Priest, it was brilliant. Loads of people came. We had so many positive comments about that. So we want to do that again um, this year. Does that sound like something that will keep us busy? Yeah, that's an exciting. So we're putting that before God. This Wednesday, a few days' time, is our first prayer meeting of the year, Church of Prayer. Please make every effort to get to that. We're going to be praying into some of these things, putting them before God, and just saying, God, you've done so much over five years. Oh, we're in faith uh, for you to do even more um, this year. So please make yourself along to that and take these away, put them on your fridge, stick them in the Bible and just be in faith to pray that say, God, would you do this? This list isn't exhaustive. There may be other things God speaks about. We're not precious about it. That's why there are coffee stains and bits on there. <laughs> we're just, this is just something we're thinking, God, this is, might be it. And we might achieve them. We might not. God might speak to us and say, hey, about this, that's fine. We're flexible. But as it stands at this point in faith, we're saying, God, do this amongst us. Do this amongst us, ultimately not for our glory and making us impressive, but for his glory. Because it's ultimately it's all about Jesus. And we want to do all these things that ultimately lead back to that. When we're blessing our community, it's because of how God has blessed us. That's why we're doing it. Not because we just want to be good, but actually because God has been so good to us, we want to be good to you. We want to pass that on. We want to do all these, make the big noise at Christmas and Easter to say, Jesus is alive. He's alive and he wants to get to know you. He loves you. You know, he is all for you. And all these things we're doing is just uh, ultimately that goal because we believe real life is about having a relationship with Jesus. That's number one. And that's what we want to achieve today. Amen? I've talked enough. On your feet. Let's get the band up. Let's celebrate. Okay, we're going to have a song and then the kids will come in after that. Um, the kids' leaders are going to bring them in. So just be, keep an eye out for your